This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right, so the title of the day is this. Maylee, go ahead and throw that up there. The title of the day is this, You Can't Beat the System. You're like, whoa, 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 I didn't come to hear about that. No, hold on. The title is, You Can't Beat the System. Now, there's systems in this world. There are laws in this world, uh, not only of the judicial kind, but there's scientific laws. There are laws of nature that have been set in motion and set in place. And oftentimes people think, well, I know that this is a true thing, but I'll bet I could kind of skirt around this and beat the system. And and, and so I, any law, any law of nature that's out there, it can be hard for good, or it could be used for evil. You know, think about the law of gravity. That could hurt you really bad if you're done with it, but you could also use it to your advantage, right? If you got something heavy, you could let roll it down the hill and just let it get there on its own. If you want to be dumb, like, you know, uh, I think back to some of my earlier days with my brothers doing stupid things, uh, the law of gravity came to bite us in the back end a few times when we were stupid. But at the same time, I can't beat the system. What goes up? is going to come down, and it doesn't matter if I think it's fair or if I think it's not fair. It's a law that has been set into motion. You think about the laws of electricity. Wow, who in here is grateful for electricity? Man, I love that stuff. I love it even more now that I live in the desert, and I rely on it to keep me from melting in the summertime. I love electricity, but at the same time, I am highly aware that electricity could be used in a very dangerous way and could even kill me if I break the laws and the rules of it, and I disrespect it, and I think that I can just skirt around the the, the system of electricity. Amen? And so... At the same time as there's laws in the natural world, the scientific world, there's also laws that God has set into motion. And they can be used to our advantage, or they could be used to hurt us. And one of the biggest, most prime examples of a law that God has set into motion is the law that we call sowing and reaping, or seed time and harvest. Now the world would call it, as, as we're, as I'm talking about this, let's go this morning to Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Galatians 6 and verse 7, amen. So the world would say things like, well, what goes around comes around. Now they may not fully, you know, understand all that, but that is a true statement. What goes around does come around. If you treat people a certain way, you will receive that harvest into your life. And even different religions would call it karma. And, and, and you know, uh, they're way off in so many things. But there is truth to this that what goes around comes around. You do reap what you sow. You do harvest what you plant. And you cannot beat the system. Please don't think that you're the exception to the rule. You're not. This applies to everybody in this world. Galatians 6 and verse 7, I'm going to read it in the NLT this morning. First of all, it says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant, or as the King James says, you will always reap what you sow. But it says something real interesting there. Don't be misled. The King James says, 
Be not deceived or don't fool yourself. You can't mock the justice of God. It's a rule and it's a law. You will always reap what you sow. And I know a lot of people that they expect to just go around acting one way and not ever have that come back to them. They expect, well, I can treat everybody else like a jerk, but, hey, they better treat me nice because, hey, I know, uh, hey, come on. You can't act like that. You will reap what you sow. Well, yeah, it says that there, but but why would you think, Pastor Dave, that that's just something that, that can't be changed, that that's irreversible? I want to show you one more key verse before we really dig in. Turn all the way back to the book of Genesis. Chapter 8, way back at the beginning of the creation of the world, God said something very, very important that put this law into motion. We just saw the New Testament uh, rendering of it, but I want you to see that this is not just something that even came about under the New Testament or the New Covenant. This law is so deep, it is so real, that it started way back. In the beginning of creation, in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, this is a deep-rooted, deep-seated, very important law that God made that cannot be changed, that cannot be reversed. You cannot beat this system. Galatians, or excuse me, Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22, God said, as long as the earth remains. So is the earth still remaining right now? How many of you are on planet earth right now? Some of you look like you're in your own world, but we'll address that at the end of the service. But um, we'll get to you. We'll get to you. But everybody else, you're on planet Earth right now, right? And so as long as the Earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, or seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. These things will always exist as long as the Earth is here. And so... We know this much. We know that there's summer and winter. It still exists. There's there's cold and heat. Summer and winter, there's still daytime and nighttime. But look, as long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest or seed time and harvest. Now, again, in the natural world, I'm telling you, every time you plant the right seed in the right soil under the right circumstances, it always works. Always. I grew up in farmland back in Indiana. My brothers planted thousands of acres of corn and soybeans. And it was no mystery. They just knew, hey, I plant the seed in the ground. It gets the right water. Everything's going to grow. And it works every single time. Now, this is a natural law, but it's also a spiritual law, as Paul was explaining in Galatians 6 that we just saw. You plant apple seeds, you're going to get apples. You plant strawberries, you're going to get strawberries. You plant meanness, you're going to harvest meanness. You plant stingy, you're going to reap stingy. You plant gossip, you're going to reap gossip into your life. You do reap what you sow, and you cannot beat the system. Now, the good news is this could work in a really great way for you because if you're planting good seeds, right seeds, you're going to reap some awesome things into your life. Amen? I mean, that's good news, right? To know that, hey, I can plant good seeds and I can reap some great things into my life, but it's also a little bit sobering and a little bit serious to think about, my goodness, I could bring some harm into my life if I don't change the seeds that we are planting, okay? I know this much, the majority of people sitting in a prison cell are there because 
they thought that they were the exception of that they could beat the system. Like, oh, I know what the laws are, but I'll bet that I could sneak around this, and I'll bet that I couldn't get caught. Well, they found out they couldn't beat the system. Now, some people, yeah, they can beat some of the systems. They can beat some of the laws and some of the rules, but this is one that we can not beat. You do reap what you sow. I was thinking just a few weeks ago, you know, sometimes I like to do this thing, and a lot of you do it too, like, hey, you're in the drive through line. You pay for someone behind you. You ever do that? It's just kind of a fun... None of you do that? Okay. Well, it's a fun thing. Do it sometime. All right. It's cool. You ought to try it. It's, it's really fun. And so it blesses people. But a few weeks ago, uh, we had the family loaded up in the Prius. You guys know my Prius. We love it. And so... uh we're out there. I'm at the Linwood McDonald's in the drive-thru. There's a giant pickup truck in front of us. This large, burly, scary man gets out of the pickup truck and starts walking right towards the Prius. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> Honey, lock the doors. So we lock the doors and just look straight ahead. Dude's walking right at the car with just this glare. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. This is it. We finally, you know, whatever. I don't know what's up. Turns out he was feeding the homeless man sitting behind my car. I'm like... Thank you, Jesus. Like, you guys know. I can get down if I need to. You know that. That should, that should not have been the biggest laugh of the day, but you got, alright. If you know me, yes, that was the biggest laugh of the day. Whatever. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need your affirmation. I'm good. But anyway, so I'm still like, well, that's cool. He cares about him, but I don't, let's not cross this guy. So we get up to the window, and Burley Man also paid for our food. I'm like, my gosh, what a nice, massive, giant, burly man. What a, what a, just a big teddy bear. And, and so I'm looking and all I, I, I know we're like trying to wave thank you. He just looks back and he's like, just gives a thumbs up and pulls off. I'm like, I breathed a sigh of relief and we ate those McMuffins and gave thanks to God because that was a, that was a little bit of a scary moment. But I'm thinking, wow, we received some harvest today, praise God, but you gotta keep the process going. And so we were down in LA later on that day at a Bank of America and, uh, anyway, so I'm going into the bank. There's this little Korean woman out front with a Bible just preaching the word of God on the sidewalk. I mean, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And so we got to talking to her, and, yeah, she needed a little money. So I'm like, let's keep the seed going. We put some seed. We gave her some money right there. And just thank you, Jesus. Our sister is blessed. Keep preaching the word, sister. Those people need it. Amen. Keep preaching the word. Come on. But you got to keep the process going. It's around the clock. It's working while you're sleeping. It's working while you're at work. It's working all the time. And you may not quite see the harvest yet, but beneath the surface, things are happening from the seeds that you planted. Amen. And so we're going to look a few things this morning about uh, seeds and some very, uh, I mean, this is just, this is God's word and you need to get this because it'll change your life if you can learn how to harness this power for your good. And it's a law that God made. So let's pray and we're going to get into this. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. And I pray that every single person here, every single heart here will open up to receive the seed of God's word. Lord, it says that you are the incorruptible seed. You're the seed that could never fail. And so we thank you, God, that you're going to change our lives today in a great big way. We love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Can somebody say amen? So number one today is this. Number one, don't 
be deceived. Do not be deceived. Do you realize that there's a lot of deceived people walking around? Amen? There's a lot of deceived people in this world. But let's look right back here. Galatians 6, 7. This is kind of our main thing right here. Galatians 6 and verse 7. I'll read it in the New King James this time. Galatians 6, 7. But we cannot be deceived. I, I was uh, reading a, a blog from a pastor online, and he, he, he said, true story, he asked his congregation, how many of you in here struggle with self-deception? And like two hands went up. Then he asked, how many of you in here know somebody else that struggles with self-deception? And hands, oh yeah, I know a lot of people. The point is this. <laughs> deceived people, they don't ever know they're deceived. They think everybody else is. And I bet if I were, I'm not going to ask you because now I just gave it away. But if I asked right now, how many of you guys think that sometimes you're kind of deceiving yourselves? Maybe three or four of you would be like, well, yeah, maybe. How many of you know somebody else that they really need help? They are jacked up. Oh, yeah, I know. I've got a list, right? Half of them are sitting in this room right now. Come on. Listen. And, and the wives or the husbands are pointing fingers at each other. Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, all right, praise God. So Galatians 6, verse 7 Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Look at those first four words there. Do not be deceived. Now, most people in here know the verses I'm sharing. You've probably heard you reap what you sow. Even people out in the world know these verses. And to some extent, most people understand and comprehend the law that we're talking about. However, when you go about your life planting the wrong seeds... And not ever even stopping to think about how that's going to come back upon you. You are living in deception. You're deceiving, and, and 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 you're deceiving yourself. But but if you think about if you think about man, uh, I'm, I'm just going to treat people. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you never even consider the consequences that that will have upon your life. You are deceived. And the scripture tells us right here. Don't be deceived. We don't want you to be deceived. God is not mocked. And I think about this. We all get upset. Well, I mean, most of us do, or at least don't like the antagonistic, mean, atheist mockers and scoffers and people that are ridiculing the faith. You know, we call them mockers. We, we call them scoffers, as the scripture says. And there's a whole bunch of those. But really, there's a whole lot of mockers within inside of the faith, within inside of the Christian walls, because there's a lot of people that are Christians that think that, yeah, I can, I can do this, but I'm not worried about what's going to happen to me, or, 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 you know what, I'm just, I'm, they have it coming to them. I'm just going to give it to them. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And you don't ever consider how that's going to come back upon your life. You're trying to mock God, aren't you? God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap according to the word of God. When I was driving down the road the other day, this is where I usually get my deepest thoughts, okay? So it's me and the Prius going down the 15 and just like the Holy Spirit comes in. I'm like, oh. And so I'm thinking and, and I'm like, I wonder how many people 
that are complaining about the restaurant worker? How many people that are giving the, the gas station clerk a whole bunch of issue? How many people are, are giving the store workers all this trouble? How many people that are out there just complaining about customer service? How many of them are actually simply reaping the harvest off of the poor job they do for their boss? How many of us go out to Fort Irwin and cut the corners? Try to cheat the system, try to do as little work as we possibly can, and then you expect to go down there to the restaurant and get treated like the Queen of England. You don't deserve that. You deserve for the restaurant worker to work just as hard for you as you work for your boss at the Marine Base or at Santa Fe or uh, wherever it is you work. But what if instead of being a Karen, oh, sorry, but what, what, what instead of, if you just complaining all the time, what if you stopped to consider, maybe I don't ever get any good customer service, maybe I don't get treated right when I go out to places because I'm simply just getting what I put in at my job. Maybe they're just working for me like I work for my boss. I'll be here all week. Actually, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going. I'll be. I'll be at home in a little bit. But anyway, but what I'm saying is, you do reap what you sow. And again, most people think, yeah, man, I I know this applies to her. Wow, I just wish she was here to hear this right now. Or man, I hope he's listening today. Are you listening, honey? You're always thinking about somebody else. I'm saying, think about yourself today. We're talking to you. And if you think that this is for somebody else, you're deceived. This word is for me. This word is for you. This is the word of God. And we need to apply it to our own lives instead of thinking that everybody else is messed up. Everybody else is just, you know, not doing right. I think about at the end of the of the book of John, uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples about what's going to happen to them. And, 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 and he, they notice, like, he doesn't say anything about John. He doesn't say anything. You know, he's like, so, you know, Peter... When you're old, they're going to stretch out your arms and they're going to take you someplace you don't want to go. And what he was telling Peter is, you're going to end up dying for me, Peter, when you're an old man. And so everyone's, he doesn't say anything about John. And the other guys are like, hey, what about John? What, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus says, hey, mind your own business. Mind your own business. If I want him to live forever and not die, what's the matter to you? It's none of your business. You just pay attention to what I said to you. Now, so often as a parent, you know, the kids are like, you tell one to do something and, yeah, but what about him? What about him? It's none of your business what I do with him. And as adults, sometimes I feel like telling the adults the same thing. Yeah, but what about him? What about him? Mind your business and worry about yourself. Deal with you. You know? All right, anyway, let's just keep moving here. I was thinking, I've got to tell an old story. i got to tell an old story. I can tell this is going to be a hot word today. I can just feel the... The YouTube views are clicking in right now. It's good stuff. Amen. So uh, I've told this story, but I, but I, I heard this. I actually read this in Reader's Digest a long time ago. There was uh, this this lady was watching the news, and she sees that on the on the 405 freeway, there is a man driving the completely wrong direction against all the rest of the traffic. And she's like, oh, my gosh, it, it's 515, and, and this is the exact – my husband's on that road right now. This is the – got to call him. So she calls him, and she says, honey, listen – I'm watching the news. There's somebody on the 405 right now driving against all the rest of the traffic. He's going the the wrong way. 
watch out, watch out, there's danger. He's like, tell me about it. It's not just one person, it's millions of them. Some of you will get that. Let's let that click in later. Amen. Tom, I got you. Okay, so just remember, you could be that one. Maybe it's not everybody else that needs to hear this. Maybe it's you. But I want you to look um, here at James chapter 1, verse 22. James 1, 22. Are we having a good time today? James 1, 22. Now, a lot of you know this verse. But you really need to know this verse. This is a game changer. This is a life changer if you actually get it. But we always reap what we sow. We have to be doers of God's word. Amen. I heard this other story about this guy that was, um, he was desperate for a job. He was hard up for work, couldn't find one. So he sees that the local zoo is hiring. And so he goes in and, and he's like, you know what, I'll take any job you've got. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a hard worker. Just on tough times, I really need a job. They're like, okay, we've got one more position available. It's kind of strange, but if you're up for it, you can have it. Um, our gorilla died a while back, and we haven't been able to have the funds to replace him. So actually, believe it or not, what we are asking is if you could put on this gorilla suit and act like an ape, you've got the job. And the guy's like, well, that seems kind of deceptive, but hey, uh, a job's a job, and I need one. And so he takes the job. And uh actually, he starts off a little slow, but he catches on really, really quick, and he gets really, really good at this. And in fact, he becomes one of the prime attractions of the whole zoo. And he's getting, he's swinging on vines, he's just getting into it, and he gets so comfortable and so animated with it that one day he swings right over the edge of his enclosure and falls into the cage next to him, which ends up being the lion cage. And he's like... Oh my gosh. And the lion comes up and is breathing and growling and he's like, ah! and he starts screaming like, what am I going to do? And the lion whispers, shut up or we're both going to be out of a job. <laughs> so anyway, that doesn't have much to do with the sermon, but I really wanted to fit that in today because I just read it this week. So I really wanted to squeeze that into this sermon. So praise God. But you can't, you can't deceive people, I guess, is where that goes. So James 1. Verse 22, check this out, James 1, 22. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Here's this beautiful word again, or else you're deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word. And so many people may sit here and say, amen, but if you don't do anything about the word being sown today, you'll end up deceiving yourself. Now, when I read the Bible every morning, I don't just try to, you know, read some verses and say, okay, check, let me check that off my list. I heard the word today, so, you know, that's off my list. Now, if that's your method and your approach, if you're just reading God's word as a chore or as a to-do list and, well, cross that off now, let's pay the bills, let's get the kids up for school, you're not really going to get the full blessing out of it. But what I want to tell you is this. If you'll read God's word and you'll say, okay, how can I do what I just read? How could I put this into practice in my life? What can I take from this to change me? How could I do this verse right here? It'll start changing your life. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, or else you're deceiving yourself. And you'll think that everybody else is deceived. You'll think they're driving the wrong way when really it might be you 
Be a doer of the word. And so let me ask this. Number two, are you trying to beat the system? Are you trying to beat the system? And, of course, well, I don't know about that. But I've just got a few. I mean, we we could have a list a mile long on this. But I'm just going to throw out a few things here that maybe you could consider. Are you trying to beat the system, first of all, with work? With work at your job? Are you trying to beat the system with work? You're like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I, you know, this may not sound like an inspirational thing right here, but it's something that the Lord's been kind of dealing with me about to just throw out there is, are you really doing a good job for your employer, or are you half-baked, halfway doing it, and then mad when they don't make you CEO of the company? Hmm? Look at this, Colossians 3, verse 23. Check this out, Colossians 3, verse 23. If you want a great big raise and promotion, work like you deserve that raise and promotion. And then I have people tell me, yeah, well, it's all politics at my place. You don't know that. Hey, what did David say? He said, promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but promotion comes from God above. And if I'm doing my absolute best, even if the boss doesn't like me, even if there's politics involved, my promotion wasn't coming from them anyway. It was coming from God. Colossians 3, verse 23 in the NLT. But this is something that you, we need to learn, that we need to teach our kids to learn, that we all need to learn that whatever job it is we're doing, whether it's at our employer, whether it's our kids at school, whether we're serving at church, we need to live by this verse, Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Whatever job it is I'm doing, whether I'm doing schoolwork, whether I'm working for a paycheck, whether I'm sweeping the carpet at church, I need to do it as if I was doing it for the Lord and not for people. I need to act like Jesus is my boss. Oh, you don't know my guy. He is a jerk. Well, calm down now. Listen, listen. What if you pretend, you know what? I'm not even working for him anyway. I'm working for Jesus. And if my job is to sweep these floors, they're going to shine so much that when Jesus walks in, he's going to be proud to even walk on these floors. I'm going to teach these children at school just like it was little Jesus himself coming in here and learning how to read and write. I'm going to flip these burgers as if Jesus was coming in and ordered a number one with cheese and extra sauce on it. I'm going to do this job as if I was doing it for the Lord rather than for people. Why? Well, because the scripture says to, and also because I reap what I sow. I harvest what I plant. And when this reality gets in your heart, it'll change the way you live your life. It'll change the way that you work for your boss. If you want your mechanic to be honest with you when you take your car in there and not tell you that there's things broken that aren't actually broken, maybe you should be good and honest in doing your job where you're at. You reap what you sow. And I'm at a place in life, I can't afford a whole bunch of bad seed coming in. I can't afford a whole bunch of negative, bad things coming in to wreck me, 
wreck my family, wreck my church, and wreck the people I care about, I've got to sow good seeds like my life depends on it because it does. There's diseases in this world. There's dangers that have never been here before. I've got to stick close to Jesus. I've got to be in the right place with him. And if I'm out there just being a mess, sowing bad seeds, doing all sorts of wrong things, I can't live like that. I have to have the blessing of God in 2021. I have to have the blessing of God, and I'm not willing to sell it for anything. I need the blessing of God. And so are you trying to beat the system with your work? How about uh, this next one? Are you trying to beat the system even with God's word? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, just one example would be with tithing. You know, when the scripture clearly says to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, well, that's the old covenant law. Man, shut up. Tithing predates the law of Moses. Do you realize that? People say, well, yeah, that's the law of Moses. Tithing was around Abraham tithed to Melchizedek way before Moses was ever born. Isaac and Jacob, they tithed. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, yes, you must tithe, but don't forget the other important things too. That in the book of Hebrews, my dad just talked about this. It said, here mortal men receive tithes, but there in heaven, God receives them. And so what am I saying? I'm just giving a very clear thing that the scripture says, bring 10% to the Lord, bring it to the storehouse. And so don't Think that, well, the Bible says that, and I'm just, you know, it's not for me, I'm not going to do it. That's fine. It's not going to send you to hell. I mean, that's not going to, tithing isn't going to get you to heaven, and it's not going to keep you out of heaven, but it will open up God's blessing on your finances. So, so well, I don't know why all this has happened. I mean, it seems like every time I turn around, something breaks down. Every time that, man, I just like my, it's like my bank account just has a hole in the bottom and money just, I don't even know where it went. I thought God said that he would bless me. I thought God said that he would rebuke the devourer for my sakes. I thought God said that he would open up the windows. Why doesn't any of that happen? It does happen. If you're a doer of the word, you're deceived. You think that you're going to get all those blessings when you aren't doing your part of it. You think you can beat the system. You think you can make a mockery out of God. You can't do it. I can't do it. No one is going to mock God And get away with it. It's not that he's there to punish you, but it's simply this much. You're not going to receive the blessing from that part of the Bible if you don't do what that part of the Bible says to do. And so in my life, we've determined that, hey, tithing isn't about the money. It's about the heart. And I, in this day and age, I need God's blessing on every area of my life. I cannot afford to not tithe. I can't afford to not have God's blessing on my money, on my family. And I'm thinking, hey, you know, I have no idea what 2022 is going to bring. Uh, you know, I was just at a pastor's conference, and they were like, hey, the federal government just pumped $24 trillion or what a billion, whatever it was, into the, everybody's pockets over the last 18 months. That's stopping next year. And if I'm out there living crazy and living foolish and, yeah, we'll go get three new car payments and we'll go charge this up and do that. And, and no, we won't, we won't tithe to God, but we'll, you know, if we got extra, we'll give it to him. That's a wild way to live and you will reap what you sow. And it would be a bad idea to just be going crazy right now. And then all of a sudden next year, the rug gets pulled out. 
Amen. All right, I can tell that's popular, so I'm just going to keep keep moving forward here. But what I'm saying is this, Proverbs 19.3, check this one out. Proverbs 19.3, this sermon's not about money. That was just one example of areas where people think that they can kind of beat the system and get around it a little bit. We can't. You always harvest what you what you plant. You always reap what you sow. But here's a good verse. This is a cute one. Proverbs 19.3, I see this play out all the time. All the time I see this verse play out. Proverbs chapter 19. And you know, the book of Proverbs is an incredible book. And uh, Solomon, King David's son, wrote most of the Proverbs. Not all of them, but a whole lot of them. And it says that he was the wisest man to ever live. Proverbs 19.3. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness. And then they get angry at the Lord. Think about that. You ever seen that? Somebody goes and they they clearly disobey what the scripture is telling them to do. And then something bad happens in their life. Then they blame God. That doesn't make any sense. If I do something dumb, if I touch the hot stove and burn my hand, I can't blame my wife for it. Hey, why'd you let that? I did that. If I do something dumb and I spend all my money on lottery tickets... And then I don't have enough money to pay the electric bill. God, I thought you said that. It's not God's fault. It's my own fault. Don't do stupid things and then blame God for it. It's not his fault. Well, how do you know all about that? Well, because I've probably done that a time or two. But listen to me. Hold on. (laughs) We all have. We all have. But listen. We need to realize that we reap what we sow. And if I see that God's word says something, I've got to obey it. I cannot think that I'm the except. Well, that, that does apply to James. I mean, duh. that does apply to Julie over there, but that, not me. No, it applies to me just as much as it does them. The word of God applies to all of us. God has no favorites, and we all are accountable for it. Here's a fun one. Let's get, we're just having a lot of fun. Let's dig into this next one. Are we trying to beat the system with forgiveness? Not one. Not you, but someone someone you may know could be. I don't know. But Matthew chapter 18, look at this. Are we trying to beat the system of sowing and reaping, of planting and harvesting? How many of you like it when you when you pay good money for something and the people do a, a good job with it? You pay a, a construction worker and they do the job. You like that? You like it when you go to the restaurant and they put that chili verde right on there just like you paid for? You like it when you go out and you get and, and you get good cut. Well, then we need to do our jobs that way. Do you like it when when God blesses you? Well, then we need to obey his word. Do you like it when you screw up and people forgive you for it? Do you like when you make maybe you made a bad mistake on the job and your boss says, you know what? Hey, it's good. We're going to learn from this and just move on. I forgive you. Do you like that? I like that. I like it when I, you know, am a knucklehead and my wife forgives me. I like that. I like it when when I do something dumb around here and, and, and people forgive me. I like to be forgiven because sometimes I need forgiveness. I like it if I've screwed up and, and, and done something and God says, you know what? Listen, I forgive you. If you confess your sins to me, I am faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. He said in Isaiah that I will blot out your sins and never think of them again. If he forgives me like that, 
I probably better start sowing some good seeds of forgiveness to those who sin against me. Well, man, it seems like we're all over the place today. We're just talking about sowing and reaping. But look at this, Matthew chapter 18. Starting here at verse 23. Now, this is a very interesting story, and, and even most times that, uh, that I, I read this, you know, you, you feel a little, uh, little anger rile up in you because you're like, man, who would do this? Matthew 18, starting at verse 23, it says, Therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Can somebody say millions of dollars? I would not want to be in debt at all, but I would especially not want to be in debt for millions of dollars. That's scary. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. I mean, that's rock bottom. You're sold, your wife is sold, your kids are sold, and every last thing that you owned has been sold just to try and pay the debt. But that man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. He didn't even say, well, we'll work out a payment plan. I'll reduce the interest. We'll just make this a little bit. When you get time, he forgave the debt and wiped it clean. What a picture that is of really what Jesus did for us. Because, hey, I paid, I I owed a debt I couldn't pay. I was in debt. I had, you know, I had, I had screwed up and there's no way that I could atone for my own sins. And Jesus didn't just come in and say, okay, we're going to work out a system here. If you can feed this many poor people per year, if you could give away this much money to charity, if you could do this much community service, if you could work in the church nursery for the next nine years, we could probably about call it even on this payment plan. Jesus came in and he wiped the debt away completely and he said you're forgiven you're white as snow think about that can you imagine what what if you were here today and someone just came in what if the bank called you and said you don't have to pay your mortgage anymore we're just wiping it all out never again you don't owe another penny on your mortgage man thank you jesus well i don't claim to be a dancer but i would dance i would dance i would go wild i would i mean seriously that would just be that would, to have that off of my shoulders would be incredible but jesus came in and when i owed millions said you know what forget about it i paid it you don't have to pay it anymore think about that and so look at this and so he forgave him. But look at verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him just a few thousand dollars. Say a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. I'll pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor would not wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. My gosh, when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. Would that upset you to see something like that? Like, you know, man, this guy got off the hook for millions, and now he's going to have this guy killed for a few thousand. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. 
And that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Wasn't that encouraging? Read that to the kids at nighttime before bed. They'll really, that's, they like that stuff. That just sweet dreams, baby. Listen, that may be like, but, but think about that. We, we read that. I'm like, man, what a jerk. Who would do something like that? But then I look at my life and I'm like, my gosh. I'm aware of what Jesus has forgiven me of. I know because I know me better than anybody else. I know me. And I know that I've done some dumb things that Jesus forgave me of. And yet there are times that I'm just like, man, I can't believe that guy. What a jerk. I mean, what, I can't believe him. And, and, and God, what, what, uh, and, and, and I'm all worrying about somebody else's business when really, hey, what, from what I've been forgiven of, it's like I've got a log in my eye, but I'm like, hey, let's take care of that speck in your eye, man. It's a bad way to live your life. You reap what you sow. If you want forgiveness and mercy in your life, you're going to have to sow that. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. So I'm encouraging us today in a lot of areas. I mean, we're hitting all sorts of targets all over this place today. But this is a big one that we've got to sow the right seeds for. If you want forgiveness, you've got to be a forgiving person. Amen? Do you hear that? And so my last thing I'm going to say is this. Okay, I know, again, we've hit a lot of stuff. But you will always harvest what you plant. And I highlight the word always. You will always harvest what you plant. Now, we've seen some of the more serious, you know, sobering uh, effects of reaping and sowing today. But I really want to close out by focusing on the positive end of all this. Because as we said at the very beginning, for every law of nature, for every law that God has put out there, it can be used for really good or it can be used for Harm and danger, it all depends on how you harness that law. And so it's the same way with this. Yes, we're aware. We sow bad seeds. We reap bad into our life. But praise God. What about all the good seeds you've sown? You've sown some good seeds. I know you have. You've you've done some good things for other people. Now, I want to always highlight this, that God's not going to let me into heaven because I did a bunch of really good things. You know that, right? Heaven's a gift from God. Salvation is straight up a gift from God. It is the grace of God. I'm not getting into heaven because I sowed a bunch of good seeds. I'm getting into heaven because I called upon the name of the Lord. But at the same time, I don't want to have to live in hell on earth until I get to heaven. <laughs> I want to create a good environment in the in the field of my life and of my family's life where I can have a heavenly life here on earth. Well, nobody could do that. Why did Jesus say, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? The will of God is for you to have some heaven here on earth. Now, make no mistake about it. This place will never be anywhere near as good as heaven itself is. But we don't have to live in hell on earth until we get to heaven. I believe if we're sowing the good seeds, we're going to reap the good harvest. Let me show you one last verse here today, Galatians 6 and verse 9. It's exciting if you've been planting the right seeds. Galatians 6 and verse 9. Check this out. Amen. Who's excited to plant some good seeds today? At the end, Some of you may remember this, but at the end of last year, 
we had we had kind of a surplus um, in some of the areas of the church, which is really nice. And so at Christmas time, we decided, hey, what we could do, you know, we always give a gift, um, you know, well, usually it's the calendar. And let me just say, for a while, I thought, man, nobody uses an actual calendar anymore. And my dad is always like, hey, we got to get the people those calendars. They love them. And I was borderline like, let's find something else. But then people, one by one, young people, millennials come up to me and, hey, when's the church calendar getting here? I love that thing. I can't wait to put it on my wall every year. I'm like, okay. Well, so rest assured, you'll keep getting your church calendar. Amen. Amen. So. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. And I mean, I don't know. I thought we could do a digital thing and you, you know, whatever. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's fine. So, but last year we had some extra. So we're like, what's the best thing? You know, we could give everybody something, but the very best gift that we could give to you is the gift of seed. And so remember what we did? We just bought, I went into Walmart. I got a stack this big of Walmart gift cards and I had to go to the, you know, to the managers and, and they're like, okay. So we got, I forget how many, but it's a ton of Walmart gift cards. And we just gave one to everybody in here and said, find somebody to give this to. You could, you know, use it for yourself right now and, you know, whatever. But what would be even better than just using this for you would it be planting some seeds for 2021. We're giving you not the gift of money. We're giving you the gift of seed. Find somebody who needs some help and give them this. And I heard story after story of the church family going out, planting seed into other people's lives. And then January comes. And, you know, it was time to, you know, most of you were here for this, to replace these six AC units on this building. And it was $60,000 to do it. And we're like, well, Lord, you know, we had worked out a plan. We could do this many right now, raise the rest later. We can make all this happen. Within 30 days' time, $60,000 cash came into this place. And it's not because none of us are super rich, okay? <laughs> and it amazed me that out of all of it, it just came rolling in. I, I mean, I don't think there was any one gift that was more than maybe, a, if I remember right, a thousand, two thousand. It was just everybody doing their part and God multiplying it. But I was like, wow, we didn't do that. God did it, but sowing seed did that. We reaped the harvest very quickly off of all the seed that was sown in December. I'm convinced of that. You reap what you sow. God did a miracle. I'm still just amazed about that, that God made this happen. I love it. You reap what you sow. It's a good thing if you harness it in the right way. Galatians 6, verse 9. I've got to read it in the King James because that's how I learned it. And let us not be weary in well-doing. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's good news. Because sometimes we're like, man, I planted that seed and I just don't know. I don't feel like anything's happened. Hold on. Don't dig up the seed. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Due season always comes. You always reap what you sow. Sometimes it happens a little faster. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But I'm telling you right now, if you've got a need, start planting some seed. If you've got something going on, and if you're like, well, everything's fine right now, you better start planting seed for 2022 right now. Right now. 
Start planting seed. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about any area of your life. If you see a family that needs some help right now, help them out. See someone that's having marriage trouble, babysit their kids so they can go on a date. If you can sow seed somehow, start planting some seed right now. Because due season, it has a way of always showing up at just the right moment. You've got to plant seed, and you've got to get it in the ground. So reaping what you sow, that's not a scary, intimidating thing, because we're going to choose to harness it and use it to our advantage. And people are going to look at you and say, how'd that happen? Why does that happen? All you got to say is, hey, I planted some seeds a while back, and I'm reaping the harvest. Want me to tell you about it? Want me to explain it to you? I can tell you about it if you'll listen up, but do season always comes around because you always harvest what you plant. And so don't think, well, I I sow good seeds, but nothing ever happens. You cannot mock God. Don't mock God and say that, well, I plant, but I never get anything good out of it. No, you will. You will. If you faint not, God will not be mocked. Don't deceive yourself. You can't beat the system. You will always reap what you sow. Amen. Can we stand up together today? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.